0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 5th, 2013, and today we're reading from the big book, You'll Find Us in the Doctor's Opinion. Today's readers are Sharon, Katie, Kim, and Hoodie, and the share code for yesterday's meeting, Thursday, April 4th, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Marietta to read the 12 Steps.
1: Good morning, it's Marietta. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters
2: Anonymous. One, we admit we, we admit it we are powerless over food and that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Again, this is Marietta, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Lisa to read the Twelve Traditions, please.
3: Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Vision for you. This is Lisa from South Jersey, and I will be reading the Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the big book. You'll find us in the beginning of the text with the Doctor's Opinion located on Roman numeral XXV in the fourth edition.
1: And I will ask Sharon to begin reading, please. Good morning.
4: This is Sharon. I am a recovered Compulsive Overeater, very grateful to be online with you this morning. The doctor's opinion, we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the reader will be interested in the medical estimate of the plan of recovery described in this book. Convincing testimony must surely come from medical men who have had experience with the sufferings of our members and have written our return to health have witnessed our return to health a well-known doctor chief physician at a nationally prominent hospital specializing in alcoholic and drug addiction gave Alcoholics Anonymous this letter I'm gonna stop there if that's okay there's uh, quite a bit that I can say about this first starting with the title the doctor's opinion this uh, this chapter of the book, and, and actually it's, it's, um, it's not even a, a chapter, it's just um, a, a preamble in a sense, um, is foundational. It's really foundational, the doctor's opinion. Uh, the doctor, this particular doctor, Dr. Silkworth, worked with uh Bill for years and finally gave Bill a key recovery that really hadn't that alcoholics hadn't had before and that was that this is a disease. It's a twofold disease. It's a disease that it's it's an, it's not just a moral disease. So he brought that understanding to the table because before Dr. Silkworth, it was believed that alcohol was a moral disease. But after years of him looking and working with alcoholics, he grew to believe that this really was an addiction that affected us physically. That it was something that was out of our control, there was an allergy of the body, but then there was this mental obsession that we had. So this twofold disease, and this was an this recognition, this understanding, really put alcohol uh, put alcoholics put Bill on the road to recovery. It it was an understanding that helped Dr. Bob. So this doctor's opinion was foundational uh, to our recovery. The in this chapter, uh, the well having a well-known doctor, a chief physician, recognize and accept the program, this program of recovery, to put his stamp of approval on it, was huge, huge for Alcoholics Anonymous and and. He is considered a great friend, and actually, in some ways he's one he's one of the founders of this program of recovery because of all of the work that he did because of writing this letter and giving giving that giving it um, uh, mainstream making it mainstream bringing helping people to accept that this was a way to recover. Um, And one last thing that I'd like to point out here is that this return to health, by him saying that, he had witnessed the return to health. This just made a huge difference for alcoholics who had for years and years and years every would would get something would get help and then return to alcoholism would go and try something different and return to alcoholism finally there was a doctor that was saying that here is a way here's a method that could stop that constant cycle of of getting on the wagon and falling off, getting recovery, and then relapsing, that whole in and out, in and out, in and out. Finally, there was a way that we could return to health, never to relapse again, never to go back again. And with that, I passed.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, good morning. Good morning, Leah.
5: Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And just so excited to start this chapter. I was a buzz, a buzz last night knowing that we were going to be starting this. So this line jumps out at me. Convincing testimony must surely come from medical men who have had experience with the sufferings of our members and have witnessed our return to health. So as Sharon was saying, this is the foundation of the big book. You know, the, the chapter, Bill's story through um, Vision for You, is a wonderful instruction. It is, it is our key to becoming recovered. But back then in the 1930s, who would believe a bunch of drunks? Who would believe a bunch of alcoholics that would get sober and go back and get sober and go back? So they recognized in their humility that convincing testimony is not going to come from these drunks. Convincing testimony must surely come from the medical community because they were not going to be able to, to people were not going to believe them. So they're going to look at this medical community to, to explain the suffering of our members because people thought back then you're weak-willed. Come on, just stop drinking. We're going to throw you in the insane asylum because you are a danger to yourself and to this world because you just have no willpower. So he was going to explain what we're going to find out here is that twofold illness. We're going to find out that the sufferings of our members is not because we're weak-willed. It's not because we have poor moral character, but we have a disease. But even more importantly, what is going to be convincing is that this doctor has witnessed our return to health. He has witnessed that these people have had a, transforma- excuse me, a transformation that they are now recovered. They're not just simply dry. They're not just simply sober. But they've had a transformation of thought and action, which is what recovered is. And I'm so excited for us to study this because if we do not study this and we simply try to apply the steps not understanding the problem, we're going to go back to the food. And for those that are listening live now and for those that are be listening to the recording later today, I just encourage you to listen live and stay after the meeting to ask questions. Ask questions after this meeting because it is so essential that we understand the doctor's opinion because without it, the rest of the book is just not going to make sense. And
0: with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This, this is, is Jared. I hear Janice. I hear someone else as well. Varid. Varid. Janice and then Varid, please. Thanks. Good morning, Leah. Good
5: morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The doctor's opinion. The doctor's opinion. So here we are in, I believe, a chapter that was, for me, missing for a very, very long time. The doctor's opinion. You know, what happens when you go to a doctor? You get a diagnosis. You get a diagnosis. You get a chance to see from a medical aspect what is wrong with you by someone learned, a scientific person. And that's what we got here. That's what we got here. We got a physician who had worked with thousands of alcoholics willing to put a letter here in the doctor's opinion about what he has he had seen in treating those thousands of alcoholics, You know, and he gave us a diagnosis. So we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the reader will be interested in the medical estimate of the plan of recovery described in this book. Convincing testimony must surely come from medical men who have had experience with the suffering of our members and have witnessed our return to health. So it didn't come from someone's theory. It came from personal experience, this particular doctor's personal experience and what he had seen. You know, a man of science, a man of medicine, who had witnessed the powerlessness of these alcoholics. You know, and he was a well-known doctor of his time. And he had, he had made it his life's work. He was specializing in the treatment of these alcoholics. And so it's even more powerful and even more potent coming from someone who had had such experience. And thank God that they put that in the big book. so And right up front, right up front. So obviously it was something important, important that I needed to know because I could do nothing about the problem if I hadn't identified the problem yet. You know, if I was going to find any solution, I had to know what my problem was. And so it begins right here, right now with information I very much needed. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice.
6: Jared, please.
7: Hi, this is Vera, the Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, I must say, I'm so excited. I remember just, you know, I guess a year and a half ago, getting to the big book study, which, you know, for many years, being in OA, being in how, and all of a sudden hearing what this doctor is saying, that he has witnessed um, that, you know, that we can get better, that we can actually get back to health. And this is so much, you know, giving me, and I already see that. I see the hope. And I remember when I got through the vision for you, when I when we opened the first page, and I saw the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered in past tense from alcoholism. So, okay, these are people who are addicted, who are addicted to alcohol, and in my case to food that are telling me that it is possible, and now a doctor who was um, a doctor in the main hospital that dealt in those days with alcoholics who really had no future but to be probably, you know, with all the trouble, getting into, into jail, and all of a sudden hearing that there is a solution and that this is an illness. So, okay, I cannot be cured, but if I go through, if I can go through this process beginning to end, I can get back to health. And this is just amazing. So, you know, being for eight years before I got to the Big Book Study, in program, getting up, sleeping again, getting abstinence, and again a slip. And this is a diet. This is not a recovery program. And all of a sudden, I hear a different voice that actually promised me that if I go through this process beginning to end, becoming abstinent, going from step one to step 12 and living really on a, on a daily basis, steps 10, 11, and 12, I can stay in health. I cannot be cured, but just for today, I can be healthy. And thank God this miracle happened to me and it can happen to anyone who goes through this process with no exception. And with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Verit. My name is Leia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And uh yes, we're starting the doctor's opinion this morning and yes, it is exciting, um, because uh unfortunately this Part of this book, uh, if it is cracked in o a rooms um, you know the doctor 's opinion <laughs> is is not generally taught in o a rooms, and that 's extremely unfortunate because uh, as was mentioned previously, the doctor 's opinion is actually the foundation of the whole big book even though uh it's placed with roman numerals people tend to think oh if it's roman numerals you know we can just skip right over it um but we don't realize how lucky we are because prior to 1930 very few ever recovered um you know people did not know about alcoholism Uh, It was taboo, it was a hush-hush topic here. It says, convincing testimony must surely come from medical men who have had experience with the sufferings of our members and have witnessed our return to health. Again, uh, these 164 pages are penned by men and women who recovered. And they're saying here that uh, this testimony has to come, you know, surely come from medical men who have had the experience. These men who were men of medicine and men of science had stood powerless by the bedside of these alcoholics who were tortured with the obsession of the mind. But this medical saint here, Dr. William Suff- Silkworth um, had witnessed the return to health that these men and women experienced. These men and women were transformed. So, this doctor's opinion is comprised of two letters that are written by Dr. Silkworth. Dr. Silkworth helped to legitimize AA's spiritual program of action. He was AA's first friend. He was referred to as a medical saint. He was a doctor, yes. He was also a neurologist. He uh, worked with thousands of alcoholics, and he freely risked his professional reputation to, to uh, endorse, to support, to champion this fledgling movement that we now know as alcoholics anonymous um and he helped to legitimize that <laughs> that we had a spiritual malady uh he helped legitimize it that this required a program of action and he is going to state as we study this part of the book that alcoholism is rooted in illness it's not rooted in moral infirmity or badness um and you know that was that was a statement that was needed uh you know to to hear that to hear that it is the foundation of the whole big book and he worked with thousands of alcoholics and it's estimated that works worked with more than 51,000 alcoholics in his lifetime in Towns Hospital. So that's why we take time to study this uh, this very, very important material. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on?
8: Melanie? Melanie,
0: sure. your
3: turn.
8: Hi.
0: Go
3: ahead. Hi, good morning,
8: everyone. My name is uh, – thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The only thing that I hadn't heard here talked about um, real specifically is that um, the other point I think that I see here is that beyond the medical opinion that we needed is that he worked with Bill W., the founder. Bill W. was a returning patient to town's hospital. When some real specific things that Dr. Silkworth had to say to Bill made this turnaround for Bill W., that it was not an issue of of his failure of his will or a moral dilemma, that it was in fact a compulsion, a pathological craving that Bill was having, and it made all the difference in the world in this turnaround, and that Dr. Silkworth worked intimately with Bill W. continually along the line. And we also mentioned here that Dr. Silkworth you know, put his credentials on the line because it was not ever considered something of this nature that was brought about because of, of Silkworth's studying. But I think really importantly the only part that I wanted to add to all this wonderful thing that's already been said here to this morning is that he worked intimately with Bill W. He made all the difference in the world, <coughs> excuse me all the difference in the world and the turnaround of how Bill approached things as he went forward, he moved forward to share his experience with other patients in that hospital that moved on to other things. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Melanie. And did I hear someone
9: else that wanted to comment? I would like to share. Uh, yes. Um, I just want to say that I feel that the doctor's opinion that Dr. Silicworth wrote is the, it's the actual beginning of the, of the A and the, and OA, the Compulsive Overeaters, it's just the beginning and it's the, the downstone that he made, he made the, the starting point for, for me, when I first read it, I just felt that I know now. What is my disease? I just understood fully my disease for the first time, and it was so freeing. And I'm so grateful, and thank you for being here. And with that, I pass. Bye.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, let's move on now with Katie, please.
1: Okay, how much of this letter do you want me to read? Hello? Why don't you uh, read
0: to uh, this man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. Okay, you'll... Oh,
6: okay,
0: okay. I'm sorry. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I got it. Okay, I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in
6: Virginia. To whom it may concern, I have specialized in the treatment of alcoholism for many years. In late 1934, I attended a patient who, though he had been a competent businessman of good earning capacity, was an alcoholic of a type I had come to regard as hopeless. In the course of his third treatment, he acquired certain ideas concerning a possible means of recovery. As part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conceptions to other alcoholics, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. This has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. This man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. And, you know, of course, uh, this is back in 1934, um, before this program had started. But the foundation is being laid here of, you know, someone with good earning capacity. Um, a competent person in every other way of his life, but was an alcoholic that he regarded as hopeless. So, you know, this is uh, setting the foundation of the fact that we can't buy recovery. We can't uh, think our way into recovery, um, that this uh, spiritual uh, solution is the answer. And, um and sharing, continuing to share that message with others. Um, I just love it that this, you know, right at the beginning, it's showing, you know, what we um, have learned to be the basis of our, our recovery, that it's a one day at a time program, and that we don't, um, it's not a, a fix, the kind of fix that you think of um, you know, with other areas of your life where you, you get the problem solved and
1: and then, you
6: know, once it's all solved, then you just move on and you go back to your other way of life. That is not what we do here. We um, continue to carry the message to other suffering people um, as long as we live, as long as we are in recovery, that is our job. Um, if we want to keep what we have, we have to keep sharing it with others and, you uh, you know, this has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. And,
10: you know, this
6: is happening for us on this line. You know, we're sharing this message, a message that perhaps has been watered down in the rooms and, and muddled over because of, of so many different ideas out there. It, it, you know, we can't control the media that still advertises Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers. We can't, you know, pop in the middle of it and say, wait a minute, I've got a different idea, because our traditions uh, forbid us to be, um, you know, (laughs) putting our faces out there. But we still can share this message, and we have a message to share, and I'm just so excited that, you know, six months ago, or however many months ago it was that we started this meeting, there were 50 people on the line when we you know, started reading through this. Now, hundreds of people have heard about this, and, you know, the goal is to not to make us be, you know, popular and, and famous, but to carry this message that there is a solution and that we can um, become the join the ranks of others who have recovered. And with that, I'll
0: pass. Thank you very much. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read?
9: This is Sharona, Compulsive or Um I just want to say that I'm so touched that, that when Dr. Simpson the writing is writing this letter he, he writes it so humbly and and the and they offer it to the other to the to the alcoholic who he still suffering so gently and they come and they, they he really offers it in in a humble way, and i'm very touched because when when you were in the in the disease, you think you know it all and you got it and you tried it you tried every other way, and it won't go and it it can't it cannot be and now it's a actual living testimony that someone was sick and he got well and he regained his health and I'm so touched, and it gave me a lot of hope, and it was a tough start for me, but I thank God uh, for this fellowship, and I thank you for being on the line, and I pass.
1: Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read?
3: Good morning, Leah. This is Lisa. Uh, I'm a recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Jersey, I'd like to share.
0: Please go ahead, Lisa.
3: Um, you know, I never read this doctor's opinion. We In, in the OA room, it's always <clears throat> bypassed. And then when I did start reading it, I, I didn't quite understand it. And um, I'm very grateful for the way that we study this book, and um, like in this paragraph in the course of his third treatment who's he talking about that's bill acquired certain ideas concerning a possible means of recovery well we all know that it's (laughs) so much more than possible if we thoroughly follow the 12 steps of this program that we will have that we will have that spiritual awakening we will have that psychic change and this is available to each one of us. I am so moved by the fact that this man, I mean, just thinking about all the history, which I never wanted to pay attention to before, but the way we've been studying and seeing what alcoholism was back in in those days, you were locked up. You were put away. They threw away the key. There was nothing that could be done for you. And for someone to come out and um take this risk, what courage he had putting his reputation on the line. And thank God he did. Thank God he did. I'm so grateful and joyous for this program. Thank you for allowing me to share.
0: Thank you. Would
1: anyone else like to comment on what was read? Well, I'll offer a few comments here. Obviously, uh, this, you know, is
0: the initial letter uh, that was written by Dr. William Silkworth saying that I have specialized in the treatment of alcoholism for many years, Um, you know, and what a frustrating process that was for these doctors who treated alcoholics because they would see alcoholics come in. They would see alcoholics withdraw from alcohol. And, uh, you know, after 30 days and perhaps their body was in a little better shape after it was dried out a bit, uh, you know, these men and women um, would – end up back in the hospital two, four, six months later, uh, worse than last time. I mean, if you'll recall, when we recently studied the story regarding Bill D., Alcoholics Anonymous number 3, he was hospitalized eight times in the first six months of 1935. Um, you know, this was extremely frustrating and um concerning to physicians who, you know, are, who are focused on problem solving. Uh, but look what it says here. It says, in late 1934, I attended a patient who, through, though he had been a competent, a skilled businessman of good earning capacity, was an alcoholic of a type I had come to regard as hopeless. And, of course, they're introducing Bill W. here. So hopeless, you know, this is the cunning, baffling, and powerful nature of the illness. Um, You know, Bill was bright, he was brilliant, and he was very skilled in what he did. Um, He was a broker and uh, very skilled, a lawyer. Uh, He had everything to live for. It didn't make sense. Certainly didn't make sense to the medical profession, uh, this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease that after you dry out for a while, you end up back in the hospital bed uh, worse than ever. But look what it says here further down. It says, as part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conceptions to other alcoholics. We're talking about rehabilitation here. Bill, through the program of recovery, was restored to sanity. That greater aspect of his disease, the obsession of the mind, was expelled. It was driven out. And Bill, who was thought to be hopeless, by Dr. William Silkworth, was rehabilitated. He was restored. So we're not just talking about mere elimination of alcohol. That had been accomplished numerous times through just the elimination of the substance. Detoxing, we call it today. But what Bill had was a spiritual awakening a transformation, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. So this was more than just the simple elimination of of alcohol. This was wholeness. This was soundness of mind. This was a restoration. This was rehabilitation. It says this man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. And that is the goal, and that is the objective, and that is the aim of this whole book is to get to a place that's very specific, and that's called recovered. And we don't shy away from that terminology. In fact, if you look at your title page, that's exactly the way they open up this book. This was written by more than 100 men and women who had recovered. That means the greater aspect of the disease had been expelled. That means that these Steps, which are spiritual in nature, accomplished two things. One, they allowed these men and women to get sober, and they stayed sober. And number two, these men and women were rehabilitated. These men and women were happily and usefully whole. Many for the first times in their lives. And that was a message to carry, and indeed they did. And with that I pass, anyone else like to comment on what was read? Judith? Judith, go ahead.
11: Thanks, Leah. Hi, everybody. Judith, Recovering compulsive Leader in Vermont. Um, Dr. Sokolis says um, this has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. And we've just, in the last few days, talked exactly about the rapidly growing fellowship. And what we found is that in 1939, two men recovered, then three, and then they got to 100 by the time the first forward was written. By 1955, it was 150,000. By 1976, it was a million. By 2001, it was two million. And by now, if you counted all the people in all the different Anonymous groups, and I've heard there's over 200 different ones besides AA and OA. Um, I'd be willing to bet there's a billion. Uh, so, yes, he was right when he said rapidly
1: growing fellowship. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, so let's move on with Kim, please. Thanks, Leah.
5: I personally know scores of cases who were of the type with whom other methods had failed completely. These facts appear to be of extreme medical importance because of the extraordinary possibilities of rapid growth inherent in this group. They may mark a new epoch in the annals of alcoholism. These men may well have a remedy for thousands of such situations. You may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. Very truly yours, William D. Selfworth, M.D. And good morning, everyone. Again, it's Ken. Um, We're going to see that this chapter, and in fact a large portion of the first part of this book, is going to talk about the difference
7: between
5: the moderate drinker, the hard drinker, and the alcoholic. Because when it says here... I personally know scores of cases who are the type with whom other methods have failed completely. They're talking about the true alcoholic, you know, the alcoholic of our type. Because I have to tell you, diet do work. Moderate exercise, calories in, calories out, they work if you are not a compulsive overeater. You know, and for years in this fellowship, I would say, my name is Kim and I am a compulsive overeater. I would lead meetings, and I'd say, are there any other compulsive overeaters in this room? And people would raise their hands. And I have to recognize, I didn't know what the heck compulsive overeater was. I thought a compulsive overeater meant you were fat. and I was fat, so I was a compulsive overeater. People can be fat and not be a compulsive overeater. In this world of fast food restaurants and TV and video games, people can be fat and can go to a conventional diet program, can go to a doctor and tell them, avoid this food, avoid that food, take some exercise, and they can lose the weight because they are the moderate drinker. They are the hard drinker. Now, if I explained to you my 20s, you would say, oh, my God, that girl needs to go to AA because I drank my weight through my 20s. But a sufficient event happened that scared me, and I never drank again. I never went to AA. I never worked the staff. I was not an alcoholic. But when it comes to the food, when it comes to my binge food, the reason I am a compulsive overeater is because I have an allergy of the body that once I ingest certain substances, my body demands more. More dastardly, once I put that food down, once I have that willpower, I have a mind that tells me, oh, come on, Kim, it's not so bad. It's been 30 days. It's been 60 days. But when he says here, I know scores of cases of, of the type with whom other methods had failed completely. He's talking about the fact that he worked with 50,000 alcoholics, 50,000 people. And some people he could get dry. He'd explain the dangers of alcoholism. He'd explain what this could do to your liver. And they would be a happy, joyous, and free person. That person does not need AA. If you can come into the rooms of AA, of OA, and someone can explain to you a food plan, and we can tell you to avoid certain food. and you can go out and you can do that. If you can come to a couple of meetings and enjoy the fellowship of LA and go out and lose the weight and never have to do a step, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest you're not a compulsive overeater. Because if you are a compulsive overeater of my type, you have to do these steps because you have an allergy of body and obsession of the mind. And it's confusing. Why can someone else go to a conventional diet program and they can stop? Why can someone come to a couple L.A. meetings, learn about a food plan, and leave, and they're okay? They're not compulsive overeaters. I have a friend that went through a divorce, and she ate her way through that divorce. And once the divorce settled down, she got an exercise program, she lost the weight, and she she's fine. She was an emotional leader. The emotions were put in check. She stopped. That is not the people that Dr. Selfworth is talking about. That's not a compulsive overeater reader where other methods have failed completely. So when it says here, in this group they may mark a new epoch in the annals of alcoholism, what does epoch mean? It means the beginning of a distinctive period in the history of something or someone. That's what this is about. This is the beginning of a distinctive period where people who are suffering The alcoholic torture can find a way out, and without a path.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read?
10: Hi. Good morning. This is Naomi. I'd like to share. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I know for myself. um, uh, Again, with this bottom paragraph, it says we are the type with whom other methods have uh, had failed completely. Well, that was me. And I have tried everything. I even went as far as having the lap band surgery. But what I saw saw when I first came into OA, I'm going to flip the whole idea around a little bit. When I first came into OA, it was like, what are these thin people doing there? Have they reached goal? Is is, Is that what that's about? When you reach goal, you just stay there? I had no idea. I could never wrap my brain around the idea that a compulsion could be equated to a thin person also. I never had the idea, and even with reading reading this uh, from Dr. Silkworth, who was just amazing, What what a man before his time, I was so honored because I was able to start with a big book. It was watered down, completely watered down from what I'm reading now, and I'm so thankful for it, but this failure was something that I lived with, even with the lap band. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be cured. This man was going to cure me, and after two or three bites of food, I was fine. But then I had, you know, I didn't realize I had a, I had such a disease because I was able to stretch it from four pounds gaining up to 34 pounds gaining. And this program really, this book really has the answers, not the gastroenterologist that I want to. And I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful and I I just pray that OA can go back to the roots of the big book and start reading this and ingesting these words. And with that I pass.
9: Thank you. This is For Sharona any... from Israel, I would like to share. Sharona, go ahead. I just want to say that Dr. Phil, of course, right at the last the at the last sentence of his letter, you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. No one uh, until Dr. Fickworth wrote this words, no one would believe an alcoholic. They, they were sinners. They were bad doing. They, they harmed people. They harmed places. They ruined bars. They, they was they were self-destructive. And he's like he's giving a, an authorization that you can rely uh, these people. What they say about themselves. The information that, that they're giving you is reliable. They he he gave him they he gave Alcoholics Anonymous the ticket to new and normal life that they never had before, and I I'm so I'm very happy for it and I'm I can relate to this and I I actually feel it about myself that I i i did I don't think I ever believed myself. I was such a liar, and today I know that slowly but surely I'm changing, and wonderful things are happening in my life and I'm so grateful to, to God it's really a god a God's present to me for my twenty eighth birthday and and with that, I bye.
0: thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read?
12: I'd like to share this is Philomena, compulsive Air reader. This is Gladys.
0: Philomena and then Janice, please. Um
12: yes, I just Angela. like to share. I'd like to just share uh, these facts appear to be of extreme medical importance. And uh, in my family alone, uh looking back and it, being so grateful that you know that the chain was broken and the, the uh, information came to me through the big book is, I had four family members one after another, one was my mother uh, that that just dropped dead instantly, and you know of course they put heart attack or they put diabetes and all that, but today I know that it was the addiction of uh, either alcohol or or food. Um, I am just so grateful that I was following that path of uh of family origin. I am so grateful today that uh I you know, that God turned it around for me and saved me and now I know it's because he wants me to help others and learn and I'm so grateful that um, I have been brought to the big book so that I can get the directions from Doctor Silkworth and Bill W and I'm truly blessed. And I pass.
1: Thank you. Janice, please. Janice, star one to unmute, please. Thank you, Leah. Here I'm talking away. <laughs> Thank
0: you very much.
5: Um, my name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, they say Dr. Silkworth was a kind man a very kind man, but he was also a scientific man. He was also a well-trained scientific man who knew and had studied the human body. And what he was seeing, he was amazed at and so encouraged at and so hopeful for these people because he was watching something happen where other methods had failed. Every method he had tried every way he had tried to help these alcoholics get sober and stay sober it must have been heartbreaking for him to to hope that once again perhaps someone might be on the road to recovery and then to see them return in worse shape in worse shape so something was happening here that he had not seen before that he had not seen before. But he knew and could see that some kind of rehabilitation that had not been possible before was possible now. And he says, you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. Because he saw rigorous honesty was a part of what was going on here with these men. And he said it may mark a new epoch in the annals of alcoholism. These men may well have a remedy for thousands of such situations. So once again, he saw something new, something different, something that was working. You know, it must have been just amazing and, and a place to be hopeful once again. And a turning point. He says it could be a great turning point in what had been a hopeless hopeless condition of mind and body. You know, we are we are blessed not only to have this stayed safe, his opinion, the doctor's opinion here, means just as much to us today reading this as it did when it was
0: published in this book. Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you. And Sheila, would you like to comment? Star 1 to unmute. On the bus. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thank
13: you. Thank you so much. Um, this is just going to gift to, to actually read this. I've read it before, but it's different, it's different reading it and reading it with, with folks that understand it. Um, it's like a new awareness. Yeah, I too could, could not understand with all the diets and all the things that I tried, why it didn't work. I, I just couldn't figure it out. In my younger years, the yo-yo worked very well. I go up, I go down, I go up, I go down. And I thought, oh, okay, I got this. But after a while, the yo-yo doesn't work. And I couldn't understand at the programs that I went to, why people would go in and they lose 5, they lose 10, they lose 15, 20 pounds, and everybody's clapping and cheering. And me, up one, down one, up two, down three. I could not understand it. I thought it was, like, just hopeless, absolutely just hopeless. And the gift with this is what I'm learning now. It's like a new awareness of the obsession of the mind. It's a new awareness that makes me think of the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. So this is a whole new level of awareness for me because what I thought I was doing right, I'm finding out that I was doing it completely all wrong, number one. Um, And just reading the literature and showing up at meetings is clearly not enough. And all the step work that I've done in another program, that was good for that program, but it has nothing to do with this program. I hear that in my mind every day. Did a lot of work, a lot of service, whole new bull program today. The gift was was that the doctor took the time to share this uh, again as many people shared sharing an honest, humble way and giving people hope. but stood out for me when someone had shared that he helped Bill over and over and over again. He never gave up. It takes time to get cured and and that's the gift I got from reading the doctor's opinion today. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen if you don't do the work. And it's not just that I don't have a a lack of willpower. It's a disease. A medical doctor said this is a disease. And for that, I'm grateful. And with that, I'll
0: pass. Thank you so much.
1: Um, This is Leah. I just wanted to offer a couple of comments here uh,
0: regarding this last statement on on this initial page, these facts appear to be of extreme medical importance because of the extraordinary possibilities of rapid growth inherent in this group. They may mark a new epoch in the annals of alcoholism. And indeed, you know, that was realized. Uh, I invite you to turn to the back of your book. You're probably in the fourth edition, so it would be page 571. If you look at the Lasker award, uh well, certainly there's there's numerous uh statements from different physicians and specialists under the medical view on AA, but if you look at the Lasker award, this last line here, historians may one day recognize Alcoholics Anonymous to have been a great venture in social pioneering, which forged a new instrument for social action, a new therapy based on the kinship of common suffering, one having a vast potential for the myriad other ills of mankind. And haven't you and I seen that realized? I mean, that was That was written in 1951. You know, here we are today, 2013. Uh, This book that we study every morning, the book called Alcoholics Anonymous, we lovingly refer to it as the big book, has been named by the Library of Congress, Library of Congress of being one of the top 80 uh, books, influential books in our nation in all history, (laughs) in all history. That's because nothing has been able to be uh, written or invented or, uh, you know, created that is a greater solution for a problem that you and I have. Uh, It says these men may well have a remedy for thousands of situations. You know, this is a solution that works this is a solution that works uh, that statement in the big book rarely have we seen a person fail that has thoroughly followed our path is was true 1939 it's true today in 2013. it says you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves and it's signed by dr williams C. silkworth you know again he put his reputation on the line why because these men and women had recovered how was that possible well because A relationship with God revolutionized their lives. A personality change had come about through these action steps that was sufficient to bring about recovery. And these men and women, beginning with Bill Wilson, had a message of depth and weight. They were armed with facts about themselves. And it was with that message that they blazed this trail that you and I now trudge upon today. And that's why we who are recovered and Bill Wilson and all his fellows uh, shouted out that there was a way out of this hell that they knew as alcoholism. There was a way out from the suffering. And that was true then, and it's true today. And with that, I pass, and we're at a time now... And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Hoodie if she would
1: please read A Vision for You. Hi, this is Hoodie. Am I being heard? Yes. Okay, hi, this is Hoodie, Recovering Compulsive Overeater.
7: This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand it, God. Admit your fault to him and to your fellows. Clear away the record of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us
1: as you trust the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you.